Where do you go for comics new and old? Where do you see your favorite television and movie stars? And where do you go to see the best in cosplay? Wizard World Comic Con. Wizard World Comic Con offers live entertainment and gaming, comics new and old, cosplay, toys and memorabilia, and a chance to meet your favorite television and movie stars. For news, celebrity updates, and tickets to future shows, go to wizardworld.com. Don't feel like paying full price? No problem. Use promo code CANDAIR at checkout to get 10% off your tickets. So, where are you going to go for your pop culture fix? Wizard World Comic Con. Go to wizardworld.com for tickets. Hey, this is me, Ron, Aqua Team Hunger Force, and you're listening to the Thunder Podcast, which means you must own you an iPod. Ooh la la, ain't you fancy? I used to have a nano shuffle until it got stuck in my meat and then it got covered in that German mustard dipping sauce I got inside of me, and now it don't work no more. And welcome to another episode of Can Dare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And returning to the show, this might be his seventh time. I mean, you've surpassed the free sub mark at this point. You're... Your blood, your family, Mr. Brian E. Lau, the creator of Staunch Ambition and Inferno City Firehouse. Thanks for being back with us, Brian. Oh, man, I'm so uh, excited. <laughs> so excited to be out again, man. It doesn't seem like seven times. I know, it, it doesn't. Like, you know, I don't know, man. I miss you guys, man. It actually, even though I've been on seven times, I haven't talked to you for a while, so... It's been a little bit. It's been a little bit. Um, but you're going to be in town here in a few weeks, I think, right? With yeah, Wizard? I'm looking forward to it, man. You're going to come up to uh, see me at the Wizard World? You Columbus. bet. You bet. You bet. You bet. Yes, sir. I have to go get some drinks and uh, play some arcade games afterwards, if you're down. Yeah, maybe do the same thing last time. That oh, was I a got nice a better place bet. for us. Better place for us this time. Better place. But let's not bore the listeners with these details. <laughs> let's bore them. Not bore them at all. Let's, <laughs> let's share with them the exciting things they're going to be hearing in this awesome episode <laughs> first in our retro round table we're going to be talking about classic cartoons which is, excites the hell out of me this uh, the inspiration being was just 50th anniversary of scooby-doo yeah having first aired 50 years people feeling old yet <laughs> feeling old yet Dang. yeah so we're going to be talking about classic cartoons and boy there's a lot of them out there. A lot yeah. of good ones. A lot of good ones. So I'm excited to do, to do that. And then we're going to turn our attention over to Brian and see what he's been up to with Inferno City Firehouse and Staunch Ambition. But before we do all that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And if you like what we're doing, want to show some support, head over to Patreon.com forward slash CandairPod where you, for $5 a month, can get access to our Patreon pod. That, uh, that's the only place you can get it, the Canned Air Patreon pod. And not only do you get that exclusive show, but you get the power to control the show. You choose the topics, what happens there. And if you don't, we just kind of take liberties. Yeah. Some liberties that are good, sometimes they're not. Um, but you, again, you have the power to change that, so no bitching, you know? <laughs> they're controlling me right now? Is that yes. what you're saying? Patrons right. are controlling your every move, Brian. 
Oh my God, something's going on with me. My left hand. <laughs> <laughs> and we're also uh, thinking of, we're trying to think of, I've been really racking my brain on this recently. Uh, something pretty cool, some kind of exclusive album, something that we can uh, make that you can only get on Patreon. That's just more than us just sitting down and thinking quick. What are we going to talk about? Something put together, something worth becoming a patron right. for. So once that happens, we'll tease you with little commercials of it and then put it up there for uh, for you to ogle at through the window until you fork over that $5. But until then, until then, ladies and gentlemen, you get the free content. What else we got, Randy? Uh, so uh, Columbus Wizard World's coming up here in a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, just released the lineup. Uh, if you guys are going to it, use Canned Air and the promo code. Get yourself 10% off. You Smallville fans <laughs> out there. <laughs> or Princess Bride fans or... Yeah. How fucking long has Smallville been off the air? Are people uh, really still lining up for this shit? That was the first one my wife knew, so. I'm, me too. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I'm going to go pay $50 <laughs> to meet the asshole. Who's there from Smallville? Superman and Lex Luthor. What, 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 what's his name in real life? That Lex Luthor guy. Michael Rosenbaum. That dude. Uh, yeah likes himself. Speaking of somebody who could probably sit and look at themselves in a mirror and be like, ooh, who's pretty? Who's a pretty boy? I bet it's him. He was good as Lex Luthor, though, man. He was, uh, I mean, that movie was up and down. It, it was a roller coaster as far as quality, but there was times where it was, like, hitting on all cylinders. Listen to his podcast. And oh, with I that, don't. let's kick off the Retro Roundtable. <laughs> Hold on to your butts. No Excellent. All right, gentlemen, classic cartoons. Where do we even begin? Randy, you want to kick this off? Yeah, sure. Um, so I tried to pick some ones that maybe aren't necessarily mainstream. Um, did you mm-hmm. guys ever see Bump in the Night? I've heard of it. Never seen it. So I think it was a Disney production, but it was Claymation. Um, it was basically the adventures of a monster that lived under a, a boy's bed that eats socks and had like this toothpaste-looking best friend and a, mo- a doll friend, too. But um, mm. uh, Jim Cummings did the uh, voice of uh, the main character, and then uh, Rob Paulson was also... Really? Yep, attached to it. So, yeah, it was it was a pretty good show. Voice over royalty. show? Yeah. It was a show, like a series? Wow. Never heard of it. When uh, when was it? When was the series? Do you remember? Uh, it had to be like early 90s, maybe mid-90s. Okay, our, our ideas of classic are different. Well, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> very, very different indeed. <laughs> That's okay. Loose conversation, anything goes. Anything goes. I do remember hearing about it, though. Never seen it. Never seen it. All right, Mr. Brian, what you got? Well, I'll tell you what, man. I... I think one of the masters, obviously, of uh, classic cartoons would be Mel uh, Mel Blank. Of course, yep. yes, sir. And I highly recommend you watch it. Do- There's a documentary about Mel Blank. You can get it for free on uh, YouTube if you do a search. But the guy, actually, I, I was always a big fan of Mel Blank, so mm-hmm. you got to look at the original Looney Tunes and that. Um, he was the genius behind that. Obviously, there's other great, you know, um, contributors, but... And, and then when you watch the documentary about Mel Blanc, that guy was one of the most famous people in the world. Yeah. Actually, Jeremy, I think, have you seen that documentary? I haven't, no. But I've, um, I actually was writing it down as you said it because I have to make a point to watch it. I've got mad respect for him. And what I have seen of him is crazy impressive. I would love to know more. Oh, yeah. He, I, he, he was 
larger than life, more than I even thought or knew when you start getting in. It's kind of like Charlie Chaplin, who was, he was so influential. Right. And that's, okay. you know, he did stuff more than just acting, right? So, but uh, I would have to go with, yeah, the Looney Tunes. Growing up with the Looney Tunes, man, from Bugs Bunny to oh, yeah. Yeah. Foghorn uh, or to Tasmanian Devil. I don't know. How many great characters can you just get out of that? Yeah, 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 quite a few, apparently, quite a few. Um, it's funny, though, because Looney Tunes remains one of my definitive favorites, like, and always will. And it's a shame because, you know, obviously everyone knows it was deemed too violent and got pulled off of, I mean, they used to play, like, every day on Cartoon Network right. at any time. You could turn on some, you know, good Looney Tunes or Tom and Jerry and enjoy it. And uh, they pulled it, and they put up the new PC Looney Tunes, mm-hmm. which is why even bother? Don't even don't, don't humor that shit, people. Right. Come on! But on, um, I don't know if it was like Looney Tunes or Bugs. It was Bugs Bunny's birthday, maybe. Here within the past few months, they actually did a whole Looney Tunes block on Cartoon Network. So I thought that was cool, and I wish they would uh, continue that trend. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I think that. Um, SpongeBob really took a lot from Looney Tunes. Yeah, it's kind of like a mix between Looney Tunes and Ren and, and like, Stimpy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it really is a good cross. Yeah. Itch, it? Itchy and Scratchy and The Simpsons was you know complete yes. you know absurdity you know to the nth degree on uh, Tom and Jerry and Looney Tunes. And oh, there, there are people who on YouTube have made compilations. They they've cut every Itchy and Scratchy out of the Simpsons catalog and made it just so you can just go watch Itchy and Scratchy. That's great. <laughs> it is. I love it. Uh, what was Elmer Fudd? Uh, Elmer Fudd was like banned in like uh, the Soviet Union back in the day because he wasn't wearing any pants. And I mean, it was like back then that was like cutting edge stuff, man. Yeah. You know? Before he had his like big light bulb head, you know, like the the the, the Elmer Fudd we all know, he was much more portly of a fella. Really? Oh yeah. Like some of my favorite classic cartoons, I'll just merge right into what my pick was going to be is um and I know you guys have seen them like at Walmart or any store you go to, a collection of classic cartoons, a hundred cartoons on a DVD for a dollar or mm-hmm. something like that. And um I picked up a bunch of these things. Loved them. And I'm talking like old Felix the Cat, Betty Boop, mm. old Three Stooges cartoons, okay. um, original Elmer Fudd, Daffy Duck. And these are things that have been pulled, like Daffy Duck, you know, fighting the Nazis and okay, shit. And okay. So it's, it's oh, really? stuff. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but I, I used to love that stuff. I used to turn those old cartoons on and just fall asleep to them. They were so soothing. Casper the Friendly Ghost, that was another one that was on there. Popeye the Sailor yeah. Man. I mean, just Popeye good shit. Was- it was it was Porky the Pig that would had no pants, not the Elmer the Fudd. But... I was going to say I don't remember the <laughs> Elmer the Fudd watching... no pants era. <laughs> I was watching a different Looney Tunes. Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, them tunes be Looney, right, Brian. <laughs> yeah, for Looney man. Did you ever get into the uh, um, what was it called? The babies, uh, the Looney um, Tiny Tunes, was it? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. there was some. You know, it, it never. I don't think it ever approached. The caliber of uh, Looney Tunes. I don't know if, if it would be very hard to do, but but there's some great characters. They did some good stuff with that, though. They yeah. there they, was a few. 
really struck on a different chord than Looney Tunes, though. I felt yeah. they they were masterful at a I wouldn't even say a new kind of humor, but a different kind that they were bringing forward. And it just it was firing on all cylinders. It was great. Yeah, it there was, was enough adult humor in there to keep like the parents entertained. And... It's kind of like what Teen Titans is doing nowadays. Yeah. The Teen Titans go like I've, I've every time I flip past that show, like you see stuff in there. that's obviously for kids, but there's stuff in there that kids won't know, like Golden Girls references and right. stuff like that. Like right. five year olds aren't going to know that shit, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it's funny though. You bring up the baby aspect. Um, not that I don't think Looney Tunes was that. You know, they were they were who were they to Bugs Bunny? Like who was who was Buster to Bugs? Like a nephew or some shit? Something. I think so. They always yeah, had to make him like a nephew, like 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 Kermit and Robin. Yeah, they couldn't just be a son because that would imply the character fucked at one point, right? <laughs> yeah. It's funny you should bring that up. <laughs> oh shit. Go ahead. Okay, all right, I'll go. Segways <laughs> into my one of my next ones. Um, did you guys? Again, this isn't as old, but did you ever see the cartoon James Bond Junior? Oh my God! Yes, yes. And it's funny because uh, the last time we were at the Korg's Con, I saw a James Bond Junior action figure that I okay. regret not buying. But yeah. <laughs> so uh, just to who, for whoever hasn't, so it, it features James Bond's nephew, um, James Bond Junior. Not uh, his illegitimate son, as if anybody has seen any James Bond movie would assume that there's probably quite a few of them running around. But um, basically, it, it takes place at an academy um, with kind of like a menagerie of other characters. But they br- brought in a few of the recurring villains from the movies. So you had like Jaws, Knick Knack, yeah. um, a hip hop odd job. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It was the theme song was the most memorable thing. Yeah. I, yeah. In my opinion, which I think I'll have to put at the end of this episode now. Stay tuned at the end of the episode for James Bond Jr. theme song. I'll probably just put it over our talk out talking. Yeah. You'll hear it. Yeah. You'll hear it. All right. <laughs> um, I, I got to finish a point really quick um, about the baby thing, though. Like, because not only did Looney Tunes do that, but in the 90s especially, the classic cartoons like uh, Popeye had, had like... Now, they didn't do the kids aspect, but there was definitely a modernized Popeye where I think there were added children. Okay. There was a Tom and Jerry kids. There was yeah. Flintstone kids, a pup named Scooby-Doo. Muppet Babies. Muppet Babies. And then uh, this one was even stranger, Potato Head Kids, because that really didn't have anything to derive from. There wasn't a Potato Head cartoon. Huh. So why go straight to the kids other yeah, than it was like a successful trope at the time? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of like they're all into themselves, you know, like, oh, we don't even need to do the Mr. Potato Head. We just go right to the, we're so great, the kids are going to be the stars. And how horrible for Mr. Potato Head. I mean, that's like, that's like writing songs for years, and then when it's time to go on tour, they put some pretty kids out there and say, oh, you just stay back here and keep writing your shit, you know? (laughs) Uh, Where who are we back to? Uh, I think Brian. Brian, what you got? I'm going to go not so classic. Good. I'm going to tie it into superheroes here. And I'm I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. I've loved Spider-Man my whole life. But I, I think back on my whole life watching Spider-Man cartoons, and I was never really into the cartoons, like 90s, 80s, I think, what, 80s, 90s, even the 70s, all that. You know, obviously mm-hmm. it was old stuff. But, but I don't think they ever captured Spider-Man's wit or they ever really captured mm-hmm. it. I mean, of course, they did some things right here and there, but... Finally, they did a cartoon that I loved, and I, I thought it was awesome, but then it gets canceled. Uh, the Spectacular Spider-Man. Um, 
was what was up for a season, you know, and it was producer written by uh, Greg Wiseman. And it was hitting on all cylinders. The theme song was like, it's like one of the greatest theme songs in a cartoon. You know, there's some that have great ones. This is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when Disney bought Marvel, it, it was uh, canceled because it, you know, there was problems with the rights yeah. transferring and all crap in the, in the TV channel it was on. But, but uh, have you ever, guys ever watched that spectacular Spider-Man? No, I, I was it. Um, was that the one on MTV? Uh, no, not no, not the animated one. No, the uh, it was a it was a cartoon uh, style, actual you know traditional looking, but the the style of the art look was was interesting. It was like almost like they didn't have normal eye pupils and stuff, and and it was huh. kind of a you know a, a gutsy style choice and at first it's it's quite unique but then you get really get into it but the writing was amazing like they would actually character develop and instead of rehashing like the ben, uncle ben story the way they dealt with kind of touching in on how he lost uncle ben was so fresh and it wasn't like you know how every time you've seen it in a movie over and over and over it was like where he was like being visited by the the ghost of Uncle Ben, and there was right. it was like hmm. they were very creative way, but then uh, yeah, they broke my heart. And, uh, it ended. It's worthwhile to watch the whole season though, if you if you're in, you want to see like quality Spider Man and right. and his uh, surrounding cast. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Song. It's it's yeah. um, it's I I love that old '90s cartoon. I mean, that's the one that got me into it. But um, you talking about the spectacular Spider Man makes me think of have you heard of the cartoon beware the batman i have but i haven't seen that no you won't because it's um it was very it was a very flash in the pan kind of show it came on the air around the same time we started doing this show so it was like 2013 i think and it was a uh, like a 3d cartoon you know like a pixar looking it wasn't done by pixar but that kind of a cartoon and um you know, I don't like it when animators get a little crazy with character design. You know, like over exaggeration, like the Kingpin in the Spider-Man okay. uh, uh, Edge of Universe. Right, right. that was like huge, and his head's tiny. Like right. what the fuck? Like just make a big dude. You know, right. A little bit of that happening in this show, but not to the point where you can't enjoy it. But um, only one season was done. They aired like the first six episodes, and then it disappeared. Hmm. And um, I guess it was just bad ratings or like Ryan was saying, maybe something with rights or scheduling, whatever it was. They uh, bled out the rest of the season at one o'clock in the morning when nobody was up. Man, just Yeah. So I had my DVR set and I watched it over and over. It was a little bit of a different take on Batman, a few different new characters, but it was still really dark um, and it was good. I enjoyed it thoroughly. And I, I was really surprised they canceled it and kept shows like, there was the just the Batman cartoon. Okay, yeah. That looked uh, god awful. God awful. And that was like geared more towards kids, right? Yeah. Okay. But so was the animated series, wasn't it? Well, yeah, but it was darker. This was kind of like 70s. Yeah. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. I don't know why I'm trying to replace the perfect Batman show with another throughout <laughs> the years, you know? The animated series is perfect. And I kind of feel the same way about the Spider Man one from the mm-hmm. 90s. That one, I just love that series front to back. Yeah, there's problems with it. Yeah, the animation is not the best, especially here in 2019. Right. But damn, I love that show. It's, I just feel it's so accurate to the comic. Now, it's nostalgic, and, and 
I enjoyed it. It's just never, you know, like based on the cartoons alone, I would never have, you know, Spider-Man Spider would have never became my favorite character. You know, it was from the comics where, right. you know, I fell in love with the, the wit and, the, and just the sarcasm and then, you know, his troubles and all that. And, and the cartoons were always enjoyable, but they never drew me in as much as the comics uh, until I watched that spectacular. So, yeah, I recommend it if you guys check it out, you know, you can watch yeah. some of the uh, videos. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely will. Randy, are we back to you? Uh, I can go. Um, so, yeah, uh, talking about shows with awesome uh, intro music. Uh, do you guys remember Dinosaucers? What? Dinosaucers? Have you never seen Dinosaucers? Uh-uh. Okay, so basically... Brian, you? I, is, was it robot dinosaurs? No, so basically it was similar. It was almost like Transformers, but with like alien dinosaurs. Like the the good dinosaurs came down, and there was the bad dinosaurs, and they like met a bunch of kids, and there was like the the good guy equivalent dinosaur, like there was like a T Rex and a, um, a Stegosaurus and a long neck dinosaur, and they had like the evil equivalents on the other side. Hmm. So the intro was awesome. No, we might I'll have, have to look to, it up. Have to clip that on the end of this episode too. <laughs> There's only one end of the episode <laughs> well, to put a song, and it's already spoken for, Randy. Sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> Did yeah, the bad no, check- dinosaurs wear? Did the bad dinosaurs wear leather jackets and smoke? No, no, <laughs> no. Okay. It, Just check it. It wasn't like grease. No, <laughs> they come snapping the fingers yeah. like this together. <laughs> so they would like transform. No, no, it was just, it was done similar to, like, the Transformers theme of, like, the aliens coming and befe- befriending kids and trying to, uh, you know, typical late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, crowd. yeah. They were trying to find their footwork in that time era, Yes, they, they were. <laughs> I think that was when cartoons were starting to switch over from being solely toy commercials into actually meaning something. Right. <laughs> or trying to. Yeah, and then they <laughs> copied the other ones. <laughs> but, um... I think of Hanna Barbera when I think classic cartoons. Uh, the Smurfs, probably first and foremost. That's yep. that's the, the earliest I can remember adoring. I mean, I had Smurfs clothing, sleeping bags, figurines. I had it. Yeah, <laughs> power wheel even. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah. Why do the Smurfs need a power wheel? <laughs> yeah, not not much really made sense about that show, but it was good. It was like you think about it, and it's like. You know, they're all language smurf, and then they have one female. There's a lot of problems there. You can pick a lot up. of problems. And yeah. Then you throw them in the water and they become snorks. Yeah. Well, what? Oh, yeah. Right. What happened to a mama smurf? I wonder. Maybe Gargamel got her. Maybe. Oh. Maybe they, that'd be cool if they made that shit dark. Yeah. Like Papa's been hiding some secrets, but my God, maybe she just died giving birth to a whole goddamn village of elves. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's, it's got to take a toll on a body, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, they, they are about the same age too. Yeah, yeah. There was That's one why. baby. There was there was Smurfette, and then there was a baby. So maybe that was oh. hers. Back to Hanna Barbera. I'm sorry, Brian. What were you saying? Was the water Smurfs, was that actually in the, the show, or is that some side thing someone did? What, the Snorks? Yeah, is that what you call them? Snorks? Was that actually in the Smurf show? No, that was a whole separate cartoon. 
Was it really? In like the 84, 85, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, but it was basically Smurfs underwater. If Yeah, yeah, essentially. They're little underwater creatures that if you were to hold next to a Smurf, like their head design looks almost identical, except instead of like the the little white hat, you take that off and they just have like a straw, like yeah, a straw that like ejected. Like a snorkel. Str- yeah, snorkel yeah. straw thing came out of their head. Oh, I don't know, right. Brian. I, I don't know. But I watched <laughs> the hell out of them. I do remember that. So uh, what is uh, why don't you rank? Uh, you think uh, what is, what is your favorite cartoon, man? What do you think is uh, like ever or just of classic? I just I don't know. I guess ever ever what? Mm. I, I, I almost SpongeBob would. I mean SpongeBob's so freaking good for so long. Yeah. The Simpsons, you consider we consider they're in the category, That's right? That's what I was going to say. I was just going to say uh, my favorite would have to be modern and classic, The Simpsons. Yeah, I don't think I can argue with that. Yeah, I don't think anyone can. Try it, Randy. Fucking try it. (laughs) (laughs) If I had to say, like, my all-time favorite, hands down, would have to be, like, the 90s X-Men. Wow, okay. I mean, I get it. I get it for sure. For that, That one did not age well with me, but I get it. Yeah. It was a fun show. The Simpsons have just always, uh, I mean, I remember them coming on the air in second grade. I remember when they first came out. Right. And, like. It being the shit, and like my mom, like you are not watching that shit. Yeah. You know, it was like when Beavis and Butthead came right. out, or anything, anything you know, new comes out like that. It's so it's funny though, we've become so desensitized. There was a time in life where the Simpsons were too extreme for American culture. <laughs> too edgy. Let your head wrap around that for a second. Yeah, that is. It's so weird to even imagine that, isn't it? Yeah. But my God, it was real. It's like back in the Ed. Ed Sullivan show and they, they wouldn't even show below the weight, you know, the chest of Elvis because they didn't want to show him shaking his hips. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? Too you know, extreme. Yeah. yeah. They can't even comprehend the uh, mindset. That was uh, modern culture. Mm. Or, or, you know, it's no wonder you know, those I, girls were like screaming the way they were. They were. Like, we can actually see his hips now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. What else? Let me see. Other other classic uh, Hanna Barbera. I mean, again, I've already mentioned the Flintstones just quickly, but um, that was one that was in syndication heavy during my growing up. That and the Jetsons and um, the Flintstones, though. You know, going back to like <clears throat> those first season or two, are still in black and white. And um, I don't know if they're DVD extras on like on the actual DVDs I have, but I know they're on YouTube where uh, Fred and Barney are doing commercials for Winston's uh, cigarettes. Oh, wow. And I, um, damn, I'm having a flashback. That We patched that audio into one of the very first episodes we ever did on this show. But I'm going to have to think, I'll, I'll, I'll put it back in here. Okay. They sure work hard, don't they, Barney? Yeah. I hate to see them work so hard. Yeah, me too. Um, let's go around back where we can't see them. Gee, we ought to do something, Fred. Okay. How's about taking a nap? Hey, I got a better idea. Let's take a Winston break. That's it. Winston is the one filter cigarette that delivers flavor 20 times a pack. Winston's got that filter blend. Yeah, Fred. Filter blend makes the big taste difference, and only Winston has it up front where it counts. Here, ahead of the pure white filter. Winston packs rich tobaccos specially selected and specially processed for good flavor in filter smoking. Yeah, Barney, Winston tastes good like a cigarette chug. 
But yeah, Fred and uh, Fred and Barney ditching out on their chores while Fred and while Wilma and Betty are working, they're out back smoking cigarettes. That's hilarious. It's it's priceless. You have to go, you guys have to check it out on uh, on YouTube. Just type in Flintstones cigarette commercial. Okay. You will not be disappointed. I promise. All right. What what about some of those old Looney Tune ones where they had like the what was it with the Mexican frogs? And now you'll never see them ever, you know, played anymore because they're politically incorrect, you know. What, the Mexican remember? frogs. Was it? It was the like they were like yeah. You so you might not. Even, um, <gasps> were they like a mariachi band? Yeah, and they would talk like hey, Ringo. I forget, I can't even imitate them. It's been so long since I've seen them because you can't find them anywhere because you know they're politically incorrect. So right. you know stereotyping and all that. But were they uh, trying to do that with the Speedy Gonzalez too? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, you got to get offended by everything nowadays. So. <laughs> right. You know, back then, you know, political correctness is just crushing everything. But yeah, there was the there was so there was so many like things like that that I think they just they, you can't find them anymore. Yeah, they don't make them like they used yeah. to, do they? What do you got, Randy? Uh, so I'll I'll go a little bit older on this one. Uh, Super Friends. One I never watched. Really? Never watched that. There one. was a crap ton of variations of them. One had like a Scooby-Doo-like uh, super dog with like the amazing Marvin. And I think it was just like Superman and Batman. Um, and then I think then another one was one with the Wonder Twins and that freaking monkey. But the one I always liked and I always remembered was I think it was the Challenge of the Super Friends that had like Green Lantern, Firestorm, Legion of Doom, like everybody yeah. in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. No, I've never seen it, but I, I, I've, uh, I think Adult Swim did a lot of voiceovers with like clips from old Super Friends oh, okay. shows and okay. stuff, and like with the Legion of Doom. Yeah, like I think of the Solomon Grundy once yeah. pants thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Solomon Whoop Grundy want pants too. Did you ever watch any of the uh, Super Friends, Brian? Oh yeah, growing up with the old ones, the uh, Wonder Twins, man. Power, yeah. power. Was it? Is the Wonder Twins and Power Twins the same thing, or is it? Mm, where they know. would activate the rings, you know, power activate yeah. and turn into a monkey. That one would turn into an animal and the other one would turn into some element. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is like when you were a kid, that was the shit, man. You're like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you would react it with your friends and then you, and but when you think about it, they never really went anywhere because it's not, it's not really that much you can do with it. Yeah, I'm surprised though. They should do some. They should do something with that Wonder Twins or the Power Twins, whatever the hell they're called. Yeah. Well, if this comic book movie bang, you know, this wave we've been writing for the past uh, ten years keeps on going, I, I imagine once we've gotten through all the B material, the they'll, the they'll get sometime. there. They'll get there. <laughs> Give it time. Still, it's a staple in my childhood. Those two characters, but. Outside of that cartoon of the classics, I don't think they really went much. Yeah. Disney has Marvel now, and Disney has everything. And, and now that it's it's like giving a kid a gun, they're just going to shoot it the fuck off as many times as they can until you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa slow down. I mean, look at Star Wars. Yeah. They got Star Wars. They just start throwing shit out left and right, and people immediately are like, what the fuck? Back up! You're taking away what's special about Star Wars, you know? Yeah. At least yeah, it went from, went from nothing to just you know everywhere you turn. Didn't yeah. they pull the back the reins on Star Wars a bit now because because they realized they were you know they yeah. were shooting themselves in the foot? Yeah, that's good. But I just saw an ad for uh, uh, Force Fridays coming, so son of a bitch, I'll probably be there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, worth, it's worth checking it out. Should be good. Gotta get them toys, Brian. Gotta get them toys. 
All right. Well, let's see what else. I mentioned Popeye, too. Another great uh, cartoon oh, yeah. I used to watch all the time. And uh, again, with the uh, the reboot that it was in the 90s. But uh, any Popeye fans here? Yeah, I used to watch it some. Mm-hmm. Love spinach. So I always felt like I had a connection with Popeye growing up. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, when I get strong, eat, eat the spinach. Now, what his villains, didn't he? Ha- he had, was it Brutus? Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh. Brutus and who? Pluto or, or Bluto? Bluto? Yeah, I think Something it was. Like that. I think it was Bluto. B l u t o, and I don't know. I think he had both. I think it was the kind of the same character, though. Character, but they changed the name or something. Yeah, You're one right. of them was like the villain. And, and then how can you not love Popeye? Because I mean, olive oil is just smoking hot. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny <laughs> when I have my hair back like it is now, and this like little like bun in the back of my head. My silhouette looks like olive oil, dude. Getting hot, warm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What did you think of the? What did you think of the musical movie with Robin Williams and uh, Shelley Duvall? I think it was. Never seen it. I saw never cl- saw the Robin Williams? I've seen nah. clips of it. I mean, I'll, you give me anything with Robin Williams, I'll watch it. Yeah, I should watch it. Blasphemy. It's a great movie, man. You gotta see it. You gotta see that. It's I've gotta musical. see it. I would agree. Oh my gosh. That's, Brian, he's know. got a running list of movies he has to see. <laughs> Look at this one. Jaws. I still haven't seen Jaws. He brought that over for me to watch, because I haven't seen Jaws. Yeah, that look of disgust on your face is, <laughs> is just... is very That's just. Probably. The greatest, like, that's definitely Spielberg's best movie. I mean, and that's saying a lot, right? You look like I just called your mother a swear word. (laughs) Like, that's the face I'm getting off you right now. Yeah, now I'm hot looking at you in a different way. (laughs) It's older, right? So, you know, it's not going to have the impact because that movie influenced so many other movies. So you're going to have to try to watch it and appreciate, like, what it was like when that thing came out because that came out and there was nothing like it you yeah. know before that movie made the summer blockbuster that yeah. movie is responsible for the summer mega movie thons oh. we have that movie is everything yeah and i haven't seen it. i'm gonna watch it though <laughs> i'm gonna watch it i watched it with my kids and then we went swimming <laughs> in the, I wouldn't, in the dark yeah. When we saw that growing up, I don't know about you, but when, when I saw that as a kid at the theater drive-in, dude, I was afraid to go in a swimming pool. That's how effective that was. Oh, hell yeah. That was scary as fuck. Yeah, it's funny. We just, uh, what was it, last week? The week before we had... Um, was when Ashley was on. We yeah, just last that. week. Ashley West came on. We were talking about Jaws. That's what spurred him to bring it this week. But she said the exact same thing. She said after seeing Jaws... Uh, the bathtub, swimming pools, yeah. all that stuff was too much. It was like, you just, yeah, it moved, It was effective, man. And it's, uh, you know, you have to give a lot of credit to John Williams, man. That music yeah. was haunting, perfect. It's John Williams the- is a master. I, I don't know if you guys ever noticed it, but it already always cracked me up. Like, all the adult movies of the 80s and 90s, how they could make that into kids' TV shows. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, uh, one that comes straight to mind when you say that is Beetlejuice. Yeah, or uh, the Mortal Kombat cartoons, or Swamp Thing, or Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Yeah, because when you look at their source material, like, you wouldn't... I mean, a little kid might would probably be freaked out by Beetlejuice. Yeah. I and mean, there's not extreme language, I don't think. No, but, but there's some pretty graphic, disturbing stuff There's some pretty graphic, disturbing things that a, a child would might be too extreme for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
I think. So, no, I agree with you there. And I know there's others, other examples. I remember, remember um, man, in the early 90s, in the height of uh, Rescue 911. You guys remember that show? It was on Sunday nights. It was like 7.30 Sunday nights. And all it was was um, a show, like a half-hour show that would tell you about real 911 calls, things that had happened. But then, like, the whole thing was, react, was acted out, like dramatization. Hmm. Right. And they... Like every episode, they do two or three, and it okay. was like the shit. That show was like the shit. Everyone watched that show. Hmm. Like we would play Rescue Nine One One at school wow, <laughs> on the okay. playground. Like we were so about. It. <laughs> but anyway, they um, yeah, I guess the kids' answer to that was they made a show, a cartoon called Just Cops. Okay. Yep. And um, just had these extreme characters. One of which I had. He was like this really tall dude with like a Tom Selleck mustache and covered in like armor. And he came with this like robot canine dog yep. that had like a siren on his back. He was legit. He was yeah. the shit. He was awesome. It's funny though. Wow. Kids shouldn't have had that toy. <laughs> they shouldn't have come out of other people's misery. That that whole height, that whole oh thing of uh, popularity. That that shows what's wrong with the world, you know. Do you remember that show? Do you remember the Rescue 911, Brian? Sounds familiar. I think so. I think I've seen it, yeah. Been like I mean, eight, I've seen a lot of eight, shows like since then, but you're talking yeah. about this was like the originals. Late 80s, early 90s. And that shit would scar you, too. Like, I still remember shit from that, that show that, like, would haunt me as a child. <laughs> like, um, it's, it's because it's based on real things that happen, too. It's not yeah. just fiction. Right? Yeah, well, that's just yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I guess he figured it out, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Moving along, yeah. what else we have, gentlemen? Classic cartoons. I don't know. I think I uh, I said my pieces, uh, the ones that came to my mind. I mean, mm-hmm. Futurama, I think, is worth mentioning as an offshoot of uh, The Simpsons, maybe, because I think Futurama is just a little bit lower, only because it, maybe it came after The Simpsons, but love Futurama. Well, it was one of those shows that had the same kind of uh, Family Guy thing happen, where it came, it was canceled, and through DVD release and popular demand came back, and man, thank God it did, because it gave us just the definitive ending to a series. Like, yeah. the best ending I've ever seen on any series. Ever. Ever. <laughs> Bar none. Even you, Bob Newhart, it beat yours out. Yeah, then we do an of all time on that? Hey. That's ending or something. I twist hear ending. wheels are turning. No, wait, did we already? Did we did a best twist ending, I think. That was might have been the first one we did. No, the first one was the fights. Oh, the first one was I'll fight. have to go look. Uh, you're right, though. I think we did do that. Or maybe just the best endings of all time. They're all worth checking out. I think we've done three of them, two or three of them. So we need to do another one. We'll do it. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, we'll get that. We'll definitely do that. Sweet. All right, gentlemen. I think we've tapped the classic cartoon front. Unless you had anything you want to mention, Randy? Um, I've just got one quick one. If Do we it. got um, so the first like dark cartoon I've, I ever remember seeing. Did you guys ever see the Pirates of Dark Water? I remember it. Um, I think Jack remembers it much more than I do. But, uh, yeah, I do kind of remember that. Yeah, it was just a real dark cartoon. <clears throat> uh, pirates uh, set in kind of like a almost like Peter Pandish type of mm-hmm. world. Um I just remember there's like a lot of back and forth and like characters backstabbing each other and not physically, but you know, just um, switching sides and stuff like that. And it was, it was yeah. it just, I felt it there were some pretty gnarly characters in that lineup too, like half skeleton guys. Like, weren't, wasn't there? Like there was like the bad guys flying. Yeah, there might have been. It's, it's been a minute. 
Yeah, and there was also an actual Peter Pan cartoon in the early 90s, too. I remember you mentioning something about that with that video game you saw. Or yeah, 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 yeah. But um, I don't know if other people would remember it or not. It wasn't based around Disney or anything. It was just like its own take, Peter Pan. And uh, hmm. I remember watching that. I don't remember shit about it, but I remember watching <laughs> it. Okay, I knew I was forgetting one. I don't know why I didn't mention this first. Um, probably the greatest memories I have with my, my kids, you know, doing something like watching something together was the car- one of my favorite, probably my favorite cartoon series ever is Avatar The Last Airbender. I don't know why I didn't mention hmm. it. Because we're thinking classic. And that's yeah, not right. that That's out but the window. The movie, the movie, I just have to mention Avatar The Last Airbender for a couple reasons. It's one of the greatest. It's like uh, the world building and the character development. But uh, the movie, M. Night Shyamalan just ruined the franchise for a while there. But they're going to be doing a live action version of it. Uh, oh, it's cool! Coming out in 2020, I think. Or, Did, you know, they're starting to work on it. Didn't they do like a sequel? Uh, excuse me, a sequel series to that called like The Life of Korra or something? Legend of Korra, yeah. Which okay. beautifully done. You know, some good choreography in it, but it just never touched. It, it never got close to how awesome Avatar: The Last Airbender was. Gotcha. So, so it was good, but it wasn't like you know. It wasn't. You're watching it, wishing you were watching Avatar. Oh my gosh, you you get submersed into this world. I mean, it's the characters and the uh, the world building that the, the the world they build in that, and the rules and and it it's like almost sometimes you might think it's a cartoon for kids. Some you know often cartoons are more focused toward kids, but this one, man, it, it's like you know they would have to start each episode with previously on, you know, because it was involved. So I love those kind of shows. So I love when they Seasons. the story bleeds over yeah. into one great big watchable thing. Yeah, I've never seen that, but I've heard a lot of people talk well good about it. You know, if you ever have kids and you, you want to watch something with them that you're gonna like enjoy tremendously, watch Avatar. I've gotten many of my friends with kids into that show, and the whole it's a whole family thing. Everybody okay. because it's for everybody. I'll have to start that with my eight year old son. Yeah, Dude, you're gonna you're gonna thank me because okay. I'm, I'm telling you you're gonna you're gonna have that bond. I kid you not. My kids to this day adults now, and it's like it's just great memories, man. You, okay, it's like you're gonna love it. That's awesome. Sweet, thanks, man. Yeah, kind of making me want to watch it with the cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you don't want to watch it with a cat. They do a lot of cats in that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that'll do it for the retro this week, but lots of good picks there. And I like, I, again, I, I'm digging the different concept of the word classic, whether it be classic because it's old, classic because we love it, nothing can replace it. Got a lot of interesting picks that way. Yeah. I dig that. Another classic show you're going to want to keep your eyes out for, season 10, premiering September 29th at midnight on Adult Swim and at 12.15, Robot Chicken, ladies and gentlemen, is coming back. You can believe that. <sighs> Season 10. Season yeah, 10. That's crazy. And they uh, again sent us an amazing, uh, like, retro style lunchbox, 80s metal yeah. lunchbox with thermos. Yeah, the thing is badass. Chicken soup in a robot chicken thermos inside a robot chicken lunchbox. Hell yeah. Watching robot chicken. Watching. <laughs> just chilling with soup at your side. Not eating it. 
just knowing that it's there. It's it's there for your future enjoyment. Exactly. Just so like us. Check out our social media. I've already thrown up a picture of uh, said Lunchbox and Thermos and a great gift from them. Thanks again for sending that our way. And once more, set your DVR. September 29th, that's Sunday at midnight and 12.15, the season 10 premiere of Robot Chicken, ladies and gentlemen. And with that, let's turn our attention over to Mr. Brian E. Lau and just see what has been up with him as of late. I've been seeing on your social media that uh, your Inferno City Firehouse uh, project has kept you pretty damn busy, sir. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, as you know, I took a break between issues uh, three and four on uh, Staunch Ambition. Right. And I was a little hesitant to do that because you know I, that's a series. But this, as as if you can imagine, you know, think back your whole childhood collecting comics how often have you seen comic books or graphic novels dealing with firefighters you don't you know they may be here or there you know but like a main story or whatnot so yeah doing that graphic novel diversifies what i'm working on and it's like turning heads you know yeah. in, in a way because it's unique and it has that same catch it's based you know it's got true stories based on true stories so um that that book has been opening some doors. Actually, I'm going to probably be doing my first firefighter show this weekend. So they have sometimes they have shows where they show new gear and trucks and, you know, all these firefighters come together. So in Canada, they're doing a show that has it's not too far from Detroit. So and they're going to be featuring Detroit um, equipment and vehicles there. So the guy wants me to put a table up. Um, and I think I mentioned to you that a, doc, uh, a director contacted me when he saw Metro Times did an article yeah. on my book, and he came to Detroit and they, we filmed, you know, filmed me for like six hours, and you know, he wants to put the book in this documentary about firefighters and PTSD. The documentary is called uh, Florian Knights, named after a motorcycle uh, group that is active or retired firefighters that ride, ride motorcycles, you know, oh, wow. as a, like a wind. Yeah, like a wind therapy. Um, and so it kind of follows them and, and goes into different um, um, states, you know, all, all kinds of different regions. So they came to and did ride-alongs with the Detroit Fire Department. And he just contacted me the other day speaking to be on subject here. He contacts me the other day through text, and, and it's been hard to get a hold of him because he's right now he's editing the documentary. So he's, as you can imagine, extremely busy. But he's like, hey, do you know any editors? that can edit, like in the style of my book, Erwin Arosa is my interior artist, and you've seen it, right? The yeah. Erwin Arosa's pencils are, like, realistic. Right. So he's kind of not sure if he's going to do some animation in this documentary dealing with, you know, I, I, either my pages or that style, um, but he's kicking it around. So I'm kind of That's intrigued cool. to see where he's going to go with it. That's incredible, man. Like, it, the heads it's turned and the doors it's opened for you in such a short time just speaks to the testament of of the book and and how uh i don't even know what the words i'm I'm looking for just how i think everyone can get on board with like you said it's never been done it's 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 talking about true life i guess talking kind of like harking on the same thing we were talking about earlier with rescue 911 like why was that so popular and like you said well it's real why did it leave such an impact it's real stories you know what i mean yeah yeah and this and this book's you know i'm getting a lot of good I've got nothing but good feedback, you know, and I, you know, um, so different parts of this book hit, hit people at different areas, you know, so I took true stories from different firefighters, you know, everywhere from my grandfather, I lived with a Detroit firefighter and I went and did ride alongs with him and I, I just took 
different true stories and compile them together and kind of fit them together into a narrative. And so, yeah, it's not an easy book to read at times, but you know, ultimately, I, you know, it's uh, it, it deals with hope, but it also deals with hope in context to when hope really is needed, right? When right. when things hopeless. That's that's the only time really hope is has any value is when things seem hopeless. But uh, so. Yeah, the book. I, I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty stoked about the book. Happy with it and, and the reception. And then uh, I'm working on a new poster. So the book ends. I wanted to end with a uh, like a just a splash page pinup. So I, I have this uh, original poster. I did the way I got tied in with the Detroit Fire Department is I did a poster for them years ago when I was going to college um, with the Renaissance uh, building. It's a famous building downtown Detroit. It's called the GM Building now. But um, Mike Nevin. It, uh, president of the Detroit Firefighters. Now he he at the time back then was like I want to do a poster with a dragon wrapped around the Renaissance Center, oh, and wow. then fire a firefighter taking him on with water. So we did that poster me and my friend years ago. But then I it's more comic booky looking, you know, the traditional style. Sure. Of but then I got Irwin to do instead of the Renaissance, I have the the Joe Louis fist, which is a famous you know like Detroit kind of a um, statue thing. And so I wanted to show something in Detroit and, and then the dragons. Back. It's the last page of the book at the pinup. It's black and white in the book. But then uh, this dragon's like taking on. There's like these three firefighters going at him. And right now I'm putting color to that. That's going to be a poster coming out soon. Wow. It's going to be sweet. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait to see that. Yeah. And maybe I'll send you guys the it's almost finished, but I still got, you know, I still got some hours to put into it. Sure. Sure. I'm going to be excited to see that. Oh, Sounds oh, freaking yeah. awesome. Saying you can see the black and white version in the book. So gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So what's next then? What's next with all this? I mean, you you have your book. You're designing this poster. What's the next steps with Inferno City um, Firehouse? Well, right now I'm I'm in. You know, I'm kind of want. You know, I'm gonna explode if I'm not doing something creative. So that's why I'm working on the poster. I'm trying to just focus on recouping because it's such a big you know bite putting all right. the money up front production. You know, the Kickstarter helps, but the Kickstarter by no means is, is paying all the bills. Um, and printing, you know, I paid all that up front. So it's like right now I just need to, you know, I got a good amount printed. So right now I just need to get the book out there and I'm kind of curious to see what this uh, marketing is going to be like for this, uh, for this uh, documentary and see where that takes the book as well. You know? Yeah. That's but a then good point. The question is, yeah, do I want to do uh, issue four of staunch ambition next? That's, I kind of want to do that, but if, things take off at the firefighter book financially and just practically it might be better just to do another firefighter book maybe windy city like chicago or yeah. maybe another one i don't know so yeah. i'm kind of on the fence and i'm writing ideas down but i haven't committed to uh what's the next project well it's very uh, it's impressive man it's so impressive and i'm so happy for you because you know we've we've known you about as long as we've been doing this and you know looking at staunch ambition it's evident your blood, sweat, and tears are in the projects you do. And uh, to see something like this, you know, really strike a chord, again, just makes me happy. I'm very happy for you, man. Congratulations. A lot of tears. <laughs> no, he I, says I, with I, a stone face. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I appreciate it, man. And, you know, it, it's kind of weird being in this position because now you, like, you, you get people who are fans and they back you and they, they're waiting for the next issue and you feel this obligation to be successful, man. It's like for them, I must be successful. So it's like, well, I'm going to just focus on trying to do quality, just do my best. 
the marketing is the biggest difficulty. So maybe, you know, down the road, I'll go with a, a publisher. But right now, it's like me and I have a day job and kids. Uh, I'm going to continue to self-publish. I can't wait to get my hands on a copy at Wizard, actually. I didn't even think about that till just now. You're going to be having them at Wizard World, right? Oh, yeah. So there you have it. People right here in Columbus, Ohio, if you don't even want to wait to uh, order a copy, you want to just get pick one up at the con, because you're probably going to go already if you're listening to this, I would imagine. Don't forget to use that promo code at checkout, CanDare, get 10% off. But pick up yourself, use that 10% to get Brian's book, Inferno yeah. City Firehouse. Why not? You've saved yeah. the money. They, they mentioned CanDare. I'll give them a discount on the book. Wow. Sweet. No, thank you, man. How about that? How about that? You can't, you can't beat that, people. Just go to Brian E. Lau at Wizard World, say Candare, and you get a discount. Son of a bitch. Thank you. Yeah. Say it like cool, too, you know? Candare. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't make it creepy, right? Well, very good, man. So uh, we've got your social media, which we're going to be uh, pushing. I, I believe it's just at Staunch Ambition and at Inferno City Firehouse, correct? Well, the social media is both of those. I have, you know, right. one for those. But the website is staunchambition.com because I started that first. And um, so I just added Inferno City Firehouse to the website. So, yeah, you can get the social medias or you can go to the uh, uh, website for both at staunchambition.com. And it's on Comixology, soon to be on Amazon, the physical book. And uh, you can order the books through my website as well. And I have original music I like to bring up all the time for the books. So professionally made original music. So. That's a selling point for me. When I, when when people put a soundtrack to a comic, that is a huge selling point for me. Even if it's a comic I'm not going to be into, it's like, well, hey, it's got music. Right. I like music. <laughs> Good, too. Good music. So this is with Inferno City Firehouse, there's music, or are you just talking staunch? Well, the music was all originally done with staunch, but right. I do every book someone buys, I offer them some music. So, you know, I, I, you know, I got instrumental music that could fit, you know, and I used one of the songs in the Inferno City. <laughs> I don't know what the name of the book is. I used uh, one of the songs in my Inferno City Firehouse uh, trailer that I did for the Kickstarter. So you can go to the website. And you get a taste of uh, several of the different songs from the videos I did. Because I use those. It's awesome, man. I use them in my uh, trailers. And then I uh, uh, use them when people buy the books. I send an email to them. So, I'll do that. I will look that nice. up. I wasn't even aware that Check was available out. there. Yeah. yeah man. So I'll send you the music if you uh, remind me. Absolutely. I definitely get- will. I'm anxious to hear it. Very cool, man. Well, Brian, I want to thank you for taking time to be here with us today, especially very last minute. Always comes through for us. You're one hell of a dude and uh, one hell of a creator at that. Looking forward to seeing you here in Columbus, Brian. But as always, thank you for being here, man. Yeah, it's an honor. eh? Look forward to it. I happen to have the night off as far as free, so love it. Everything's turning up canned air. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Randy, what do we got on the website? Check out our website, cannedair.com. Uh, excuse me, cannedairpodcast.com. Uh, check out um, previous shows, uh, special guests we've had on. Um, if you are an artist and want to um, come on the show, send us a message on our contact us page. And mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. And again, find us on Twitter at CandarePod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air and head over to Patreon.com forward slash CandarePod to not only get access to our monthly Patreon show, but to get the power that comes with it. Ultimate power for $5 a month. You can't beat that, people. You cannot beat that. And again, Wizard World's coming to town, ladies and gentlemen, right here in Columbus, Ohio. I believe that's October, what, 17th, 18th, 19th, something uh, like that? Sounds right, yeah. Second week, weekend of October. So, um... 
Canned Air at Promo. Get 10% off your tickets. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to save 10% and then go give that 10% to Brian? Exactly. You know, then you can get, uh, you know, Staunch Ambition, Inferno City. I mean, it's a, it's a win-win. Yeah. I, I, it just frustrates me, frustrates me when people don't use the promo code, Randy. <laughs> please, please. And they can get a discount on my books. Yeah, yeah, and then turn around and buy yes. Staunch Ambition. Come on, it's like a... At, a... at a discounted rate, too. Yeah, there you go. I forgot about that. Say canned air to Brian at the show. Get more of a... Oh, my God, the savings. The... From one episode, the savings. Son of a bitch. <sighs> and all in the back room. I'm percolating here, Brian. I'm percolating. <laughs> uh... <laughs> And don't forget to check out our other show, What If, at uh, whatifpod.com, or if you just search Candare Productions in your podcast player of choice, this show and that show should both come up. We're the What If Pod that has the yellow text in the blue background, but uh, we, once every few weeks, we pick a topic to look at where, like, what if people could fly, what if Bigfoot had been found, uh, what if the Earth was actually flat, and uh, we look at, for 45 minutes, we look at that, and... uh, tear it apart yeah debate what if it actually were what differences would we see in this world so uh check that out again at whatifpod.com or on your podcast player of choice just search candare productions and it should come up along with this show anything else randy no i think that's it <laughs> everything wrapped up in a nice little package right <laughs> here today on candare so without further ado i am jeremy collie and i'm randy hardenbrook and i'm brian lau thanks for listening everyone James Bond Jr. No one can stop him, but scum always tries. If young Bond cuts through each web of spies. He learned the game from his uncle James. Now he's heir to the name James Bond. James Bond Jr. Look out, he's coming through. He's got a job to do while he rescues the girl. James Bond Jr. chases gone around the world. The Flintstones has been brought to you by Winston, America's best-selling, best-tasting filter cigarette. Winston tastes good like a cigarette should. I thought you were grounded. My parents are mean, so I'm running away from home. Where you gotta go? I don't know yet, but that'll show them. <laughs> it sure will. Shipwreck! Parents just don't understand, and it gets lonely on the road, so be sure to listen to the Candare podcast. And now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Sorry, Brian, I don't know if you have an affection for him or not, but I was just... Oh. Okay, cool. All right, here we go. <laughs> I, I just thought he was a good, he was a good, like, loser from back Sure, then. sure. So was Kevin Spacey, and look where that got him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on fire tonight! Yeah! Man. All right. The Korean War has sadly been known as the Forgotten War, but half a century earlier, the United States was locked in a bloody conflict in Asia that's been all but erased from the history books. Hi, I'm Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World... American History Podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. In our newest episode, we speak to experts about the Philippine-American War, America's first Asian counterinsurgency conflict. The heroes, the villains, 
We'll discuss President McKinley, Admiral Dewey, the vicious brutality of the fighting and the scandals and war crimes that nearly sunk Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. Check out our show, Ohio vs. the World, on the Evergreen Podcast Network for our new episode about America's most forgotten war. Now back to the show. 